young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Let's get into the defensive side. 94 tackles, one sack on the game, three tackles for loss, three QB hurries. This defense gave up a lot of yards in this game, 578. Not a lot through the air, although three touchdown passes uh, did occur against us in this game, but gave up a lot of yards on the ground. Uh, did get one interception, um, an amazing play by Scott in which the ball seems like it hung up in the air for like what seemed like forever. Scott comes down with it. We did get a pick in this game, and that was that was something that uh, our, our guest from Ole Miss last week says is that uh, – Dart is is prone to throw to give the defense one, and we got one. Um, thoughts about the defensive performance? Just some of the things that you saw. Uh, actually, I will go first. I'm not shocked. I, I know it's disappointing to see the offense actually move the ball uh, against a Power Five, a conference opponent, only to see our defense seems like it just you know caved in this game. But I wasn't shocked. In fact, when when I was doing the prize picks yesterday and we were trying to decide if we were going to do one on Zach Evans, I was all for it because I knew given some of the challenges that we have at the second level on our defense, the running game was going to be a tough thing to contain for us. Um, I felt like that's where Ole Miss was going to get a lot of the yards. They did. So I wasn't shocked by that. Uh, I actually think Again, if we protect the football and that's not a bogus pass interference call, the defense only gave up 27 points on the road against a high-powered offense. That's about as much as you can ask of a defense, given our known deficiencies on that side of the ball. Not a bad performance, but when you put the defense in bad situations like we've been doing throughout the year, the score looks worse than what it actually is because the opposing team's offense has a lot of opportunities and better field position how do you guys assess given the stats uh about how this defense played yeah it wasn't one of the prettiest games they played but how do, how would you assess how they how they performed on yesterday b admirable considering the circumstances we are not a good enough defense top to bottom where we can be put in situations where we we're on the field more than we have to be the offense turning the ball over the offense going three and out or going five and out. We have to, the offense has to help out the defense by holding the ball, maintaining the ball, driving the ball down the field. And even if you don't get points, even if you don't get a touchdown, 
eight, nine, ten play drives where you play slow. If we're not going to play fast, if that's not going to be a part of our offensive strategy, then it probably does better to slow it down intentionally. Give those guys a rest. Give them some time. Um, Getting those play counts up on the defense before half is a very key way to make sure that that defense starts faltering late third, early fourth quarter. And that's part of the reason why our defense faltered late. The other part is that our linebacking play is wanting. It is not good enough for us to stop. Uh, We are not a strong run defense like we were last year. We are still a good defensive line, but we're not a good run defense because when our defensive line does his job, the linebackers are usually not in position to do their job or they're just not doing it. We're still missing tackles. And that is, we saw it last year, the one game where Zacoby McClain was out for a half and Georgia State ran crazy. And then he came back and they did not. If you if there was any question that it could be as simple as this guy can do it and do it well and it can make a difference everywhere, there you go. Uh, there, there's a lot being attributed to coaching with with uh, when when we play bad, which is <laughs> which is hilarious. All right, Robbie, don't fumble the ball. He fumbled. I'm, I must be a terrible coach because he fumbled the ball and I told him not to. Um, we we are at a point where we have players doing things that players do that players who can't cut the muster that aren't exceptional run defenders at linebacker, they're not going to turn into exceptional players because somebody told them to. You can improve a player's um, ability and their skills and their fundamentals marginally over time. Playing the game will help them improve as well, but some guys have it and some guys don't. We have been fortunate to have a guy like Zacoby McClain, and for three years... He was back there making plays, plugging the hole, and it was so routine for him that really we didn't realize that it was almost he was keeping the ship from going under as far as run defense. That's it. That is what it was. The Kobe McClain was keeping our run defense afloat for, well, I don't know if he started all 2019, but two and a half years. He did. And now we don't have that guy. We are missing that guy. If there is a guy like that on this, on this roster, I would like to see him. I know Woodyard came in. I know he had an injury late last year in high school. I don't know if he's fully recovered. He definitely practices. I don't know if he's injured from practice. I don't know what the deal is. I know that we have some guys who are right now taking their lumps and figuring it out, both in Steiner and in Riley when he gets on the field. And I think this is what it's going to be. Papo has not done the job we expected him to do and we wanted him to do. As long as we have this linebacker core without that guy, this is what our defense will look like every game against some of the better rushing teams. We, we probably play the best rushing team on our side of the division, and that's what it looked like, and that is why. And it will continue to look like that until they, A, find a guy, or B, the offense just does a miraculous job of holding the ball so long that when the defense finally gets back out on the field, the other team has to play from behind, and they're forced to throw the ball, at which point, We've done a good job of rushing the passer, so we can take advantage of that. That is how you protect a bad run defense. You keep the ball away from the other team's offense, and you make sure that they have to dig themselves out of a hole. Our offense has not been up to those tasks yet, so we are going to be saddled with this run defense until our offense can can protect them in, in those ways. Thoughts, thoughts on the defense, Ike? Yeah, uh, it was just not good. 
I, I just there there's there's no way to say that you felt like our defense did a good job yesterday. Um, outside of a few plays, for the most part, it was a. I mean, good lord, we got. I don't even know if we could like understand the concept of containment yesterday between the sweeps that got around the outside and the the pass plays that were going wide on us and the quarterback keeps that were going to the out like we just we they broke containment so much yesterday that I was just like yo seriously did y'all watch any film on Ole Miss before this game started any film whatsoever because assignment sound was not something that I would consider to be a thing that this defense was. And the, the reality of it is, and this is this is a thing that is unfortunate, is that it's not always just one person, right? Like Owen Papo right. had a bunch of tackles yesterday. He did. He had a bunch of tackles yesterday. But we had very few tackles for loss. We weren't stopping Ole Miss for the most part. They were they were getting what they wanted when they wanted for the majority of this game. Yeah. Um and and we really just needed our defense to come up with two stops. Two. Because our offense was humming. Come up with two stops. Get us the ball back. Now we we forced a field goal that one time and then Lane Kiffin pulls the the onside kick. Like that was a win for the defense. You made him kick a field goal. Um but shoot a lot of that was just the fact that Jackson Dart was abysmally inaccurate inside the red zone. He overthrew two wide open receivers when yeah. he was down there. Yeah, sure. So it, we weren't forcing them to do anything for the vast majority of that game. So the defense, I I mean, listen, I know we ain't doing grades right now, but it wouldn't be a high one. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be a high. Like we did not do much in that game that indicated that we were prepared defensively for anything Ole Miss was trotting out there. Now, again, props to Lane Kiffin and his offensive staff, because I don't know how much you can give credit to his OCs. Uh, and, and, you know, who I don't know who's calling the play-to-play situation. But, man, they had they were dialed in yesterday. Because them boys was putting us on the string and was just like, hmm, dance puppets. <laughs> them boys was out there dancing. Like the fumbles, at this point, can we even expect improved play at that position? I mean, obviously Steiner is getting experience, but what can we expect with these guys? Because it's been a lot of the same, even even going back as far as Penn State, where guys was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, which would lead, lead to big runs. I mean, again, I expect there to be some big runs just because of this reason alone. Um, but is there any reason to expect improved play from this position or – Again, you kind of mentioned it yesterday. Do you almost have to start experimenting with a different sort of an alignment uh, defensively to kind of mask some of the issues at the second level? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if alignment is the issue. Like, th- this is this is where I'm concerned. Right? Is if this is if we're trotting out the best eleven guys that we have, then. Yeah, maybe if you change how they're aligned, that might be helpful. But at some point in time, you just got to line up and do the job. If we're not trotting out the best 11 guys that we have, why is that the case? So, like, is it a do we just fundamentally lack talent, specifically in the linebacking core? Or 
have we not found the right combination of guys? I mean, because look, we just talked about the offensive line, right? Like the offensive line, it didn't seem like we had the right combination of people mm-hmm. to be able to be effective. We'll know going forward whether or not that unit stays consistent. But I just I I, I worry about, and this is this is a worry that I've had previously previous administrations. How are we evaluating talent properly right now? Mm-hmm. Do we know? who the best people are and putting those people in the best position to be successful. I'm not so certain we're, we're there yet. Agreed. So I don't know if changing alignment is going to change that. You, you run the risk of, if you want to tell guys, here's what we've been doing now, all your responsibilities are going to change. Cause I'm going to throw a guy next to you. Now let's figure this out now on the fly. When really I, I'm going to continue to say development's a thing. Time to experience something and improve is a thing for Steiner and Riley. They need it this year, no matter what. They needed this year, even if this as rough as this year could possibly be, they needed to see real time action and be out here to to take their lumps. Because I don't maybe somewhere there's a linebacker who can just jump on the field and be that guy the minute he steps out there from high school. I don't really think that happens a lot. Um, back in the day of, of where linebacker play was just so important, you were almost guaranteed going to red shirt somewhere. And maybe you start as like a red shirt sophomore and you take the reins from there and then you play and and you can end up being that guy on a very stout defense. But it was almost never going to be as a, a true freshman, true freshman or red shirt freshman. So I don't know if a new alignment is possible the same way we were like, well, they should have pivoted to a new offense because now you got Robbie. Well, that did change. You have. And different, your offensive line is not what you thought it was going to be. And your quarterback is not who you thought it was going to be. So now a change makes sense. We haven't lost the critical pieces that make our alignment work. Those pieces just aren't as good as they used to be. So now it looks like, oh, well, this, well, you could say it's alignment, but really it's the pieces, it's the guys. And yeah. we got to get those guys. If it's on, like, again, if he's on the, the, the roster, I want to see him. I want to see any of them <laughs> come out here. And we just said that true freshman can't make that difference. Hey, we we are at a point where why not? Because the performance, the experienced guys aren't. It, what? How many yards did they get on us yesterday on the ground? Four. Ah, four. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now you don't have anything to lose. And the benefit now is that you can actually put your young guys out there, have them take their lumps for the meat of SEC play. 448. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Put put everybody out there now. I mean, everybody. You you can see what you got. And that's, that, that's the put benefit. Put 24 dudes on the field <laughs> at the same time because then we can, we can stop them. 24. We're going to come up All with a new All the linebackers alignment. at one time. Yeah. They had corner and safety and defensive <laughs> line. Number linebackers. Every linebacker on the roster, let's just empty it out and see if they can stop them now. Um, but this, so this, is, this leans into what can be what can be gained from us playing like uh talked about okay finally we're seeing some second half points for the first time this year right against power five competition and does it matter some people are like no it doesn't matter some people are like yeah it does matter the reason what we do from here on forward matters even if we were to lose every other game outside of western kentucky is what robbie ashford did yesterday that that was a a landmark in his development how does he get to that point in his development unless he plays 
and it comes with some errors and some fumbles and some bad reads and throws. That has to happen for him to get to the point where the the switch gets flipped and he goes, I'm tired of playing. I'm not going to be the reason that we lose. I'm not going to be have my team turn their back on me. It's time for me to pick it up. You yeah, get I'm there. A, I'm gonna I'm gonna get like a, a picture of Robbie and just turn him green and then like caption it. You won't like me when I'm angry, and then we're just gonna make <laughs> him the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> QBR with the up arrow right next to it. <laughs> um, the, but this is why you play them because you get to find out who they are, especially when things aren't going well. Espe- that's right. the best time to find out what somebody is or isn't. What they do when things aren't going well. When all you have to play for is your teammate, the school, uh, really self-respect and the want to get better. Now we see who you are. And that's why this has been a positive test so far of the character of the locker room. And don't tell me that that's not a good thing. I think it's a marvelous thing. It can keep teams together and make teams play better. And we need some of that. I don't think we've always had that. I think things have gone well enough in some years where you go, okay, well, I'm I'm on board because everything's going good here, so let me keep going. I think this other times it was really like a a defensive unit like what we had in 2019. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to keep y'all in every game offense, so y'all go out there and you figure it out. Now, the offense didn't figure it out in 2019. The defense just did all the work. But when you can have a chance to win a game in the fourth quarter because your defense keeps you winning for four quarters – it doesn't feel like you're failing quite so badly, but we we watched that season. The offense let the defense down like five, six times that year. We didn't lose all those games, but the offense still struggled. But there was enough success somewhere going on for the team to stay united. What we see now is that each side is faltering in different ways at different times. As a matter of fact, Jazzy said it. He said it on Twitter. He was like, is there something in the contract? Somewhere that says offense and defense can't be humming on all cylinders at the same time. Yeah. It might be. Yeah. It might be. Yeah. And now that it's not, though, we get to see what these guys are made of. We get to find out who our dogs are going to be for next year. This is this is why Camden Brown getting on the field is great. Omari Kelly getting on the field. Jay Fair getting on the field. Uh, of course, DJ James in the freshman, but him getting on the field. Keontae Scott. We may have just found our two starting corners for the next two seasons. Well, one season if they ball out next year because, I mean, you ain't, you ain't got time to waste when you're in college. But we may have just solidified our secondary for the 2023 season through a terrible 2022 season, but that's the value. Trey Mason was the first back to hit 1,000 yards in like two or three years in 2012. He was ready to go in 2013 because we found out who he was in 2012. It's still development, and it's still character building, and I'm, I'm still glad it's happening, even if it's happening in some losses. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to special team. Let's kind of talk about what we saw there. Pretty quiet for for special teams for the most part. Uh, We did have one kick return, which was by Jarquez for 20 yards. Uh, We punted the ball three times in this game. Uh, Carlson actually went two for two, one for 42 and one for 28. Of course, we'll talk, we'll get into coaching when we talk about the onside kick. That was one of the bigger plays on special teams that had an impact in this game. But thoughts about special teams, gentlemen, um, pretty, I felt like special teams had to be a big part of this, this game. Wasn't so much on our end. Ike shaking his head. No, uh, I ain't like it. You ain't like I it. I ain't like it. If, I ain't like it. 
Our kick coverage was trashed. The vast majority. So uh, this is. Did I start this well, comment? Because uh, uh, I think I start one. I start one of them. Uh, La- yeah, Lawrence, Lawrence Robinson. Can we talk about why we're choosing to kick high man. to high kick the ball on kickoffs? Listen, man. If we get a chance to ask Coach Harson this in presser, I want to know: Are y'all doing this on purpose? And if so, why? <laughs> why? Why? Why are you kicking the ball short of the end zone? It because I just don't I don't understand it. We're not covering kicks well. Is right that a now. coaching? Is that a coaching decision? It one hundred percent. If it's on purpose, it is. And if it's not on purpose, it's a coaching decision to not pull Anders out of the game and have somebody else kicking it out. Because we're not covering kicks particularly well right now. Kick it out of the back of the end zone and stop assuming that suddenly we're going to cover the kicks better. There are a couple of problems that I have with our special teams right now. That one in particular and how we're covering kicks. I think a portion of, and we talked about this last week, is a portion of the fatigue that we're seeing with some of our defensive players is they're also on special teams. I don't understand. I get that you want your moat. If, if one more person tells me, well, you know, you have to have your, your best athletes out there on special teams, I say, I just don't believe that I prefer for people to specialize in things. If you're not going to get run on defense, get them get engaged in the game by letting them be involved in special teams. We've got enough athletes on this team to do that. Right. And if you're saying, well, I want to get my best athletes out there, then that goes back to a recruiting issue. We need to recruit better athletes so that we have more depth to be able to do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of problems that I have with our special teams right now. Our kick coverage units have been bad the last two games. There's no other ways to say it other than it's been bad. We've had way too many yardage given, way too much yardage given up in the kick game. We had a kick go out of bounds at the end of the Georgia game last game. We haven't kicked the ball into the end zone but one time, maybe two times in the last couple of games. So, And we're not covering the kickoffs particularly well either. Um, we had the gaff where they got – and, I mean, listen, it was unexpected. Great call by Lane Kiffin. But that onside kick situation changed the momentum of the game at that point in time. Yep. Our offense was saying, all right, they score. We finna get back out here and get this po- these points back. And then they had to sit for an entirely uh, – an entire another drive, keep your defense out there on the field. Didn't like it. Don't like it at all. Now, Anders Carlson made both of his field goals in this game. Props to him. He needed that for his own confidence and for the coach's confidence in him going forward. Hopefully that's a trend in the right direction. But I hadn't liked our field goal unit kicking um, to this point in the season uh, before that. I don't like what we're doing in the special teams game. I don't. I can't point to a single thing that I like about what we've done special teams-wise in the last Three games. Cannot do it. See? Ditto. All right. That brings us to coaching. Mm. Five penalties for 47 yards down from last week. I think we almost cut the penalties in half this week. Uh, 18 first downs. Uh, We went five of 14 on third down conversions, two of three on fourth down conversions. Uh, three of three for three in the red zone, and the time of possession was thirty minutes twenty seven seconds. To your point, Ike, that's not going to get it done against a team like Ole Miss that likes to run the ball, um, that likes to use tempo. As you alluded, the time of possession needed to be slanted 
heavily in Auburn's favor to give right. us a chance because you're keeping Ole Miss's defense off of the field. You kind of talked about uh, some of the decisions that were made in the game coaching-wise. I think, B, you alluded last uh, yesterday that uh, you wasn't mad at the game plan offensively in terms of attacking Ole Miss's 3-2-6. We saw the return to some a lot of the 12 personnel, mm-hmm. um, getting more bodies up front to mash and take advantage of their alignment, which was a good strategy. Uh, but you you talked about special teams, Ike. Uh, your your the disappointment there. Do have a question about that James Barnett is asking, fellas? Is the onside kick more on our coaches, or was it just a good play by Lane Kiffin? No teams do that early in games. Thoughts? Well, that was I the third this, quarter, I, wasn't it? I think it's it was the third quarter. It was the third yeah. quarter. Uh, Perfect I, time to do I, it. <laughs> I think I think that it was more about Lane. Because yeah. I think this is more about Lane and his decision to 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 make that call. Because if you remember last year when Lane was going forward on fourth, the story was not about how great of a job Harson and his staff was getting off the field. It was what is Lane doing? Mm. But so, you know what? That's what's crazy about any of these calls, though. If it yeah. works, they're a genius. Right. If it doesn't work, it was a stupid call. Why did you do that? Right. Yeah. I mean, he you you have to just pick your spots. He picked a good spot, and they had scouted it well. They executed it well, and it worked. I yeah. think that that's more so on Lane making a good call and an evaluation in film to say, uh, so I'm going to say this, right? And you heard me just criticize special teams, go on this complete, oh, I hate all of this stuff. I'm going to say something positive, and that, that's going to be the whole story here, but whatever. That's why the call last week on the punt against Georgia, I still don't like it, but it showed they saw something on field that said, hey, we can take advantage of this, and they call it. They call it because they say we can take advantage of it. It isn't the ideal time to do it. People don't do that in the third quarter. Middle of the third quarter is not the time most people do an onside kick, but you saw something on film, and then they gave you the alignment, and you go for it. That's what coaches who take chances do. And those coaches who take chances sometimes get, get burnt on those chances that they take. Yeah. Lane Kiffin was still going for it on fourth down a bunch of times in this game. Mm-hmm. Still going for it on fourth down. It worked a couple of times. It didn't work. That's who Lane Kiffin is fundamentally. Who Brian Harson is fundamentally is a guy who likes to take chances. He's been doing it his entire career. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just who he is. If you don't like that, why do you like Lane Kiffin so much? Because he's going to keep doing this. Right. It's going to work sometimes. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. And you got to take that bag together. That's just what you get when you get a coach who takes chances. The right. point of that is, yes, it's a great call by Lane Kiffin. Great call, great time, great execution. But you know what? That last part isn't on Lane Kiffin. He can't execute the play. All he can do is call it. He can evaluate whether or not to put it in the game plan, and he can call it at the appropriate time when he gets the right look. The players have to go out there and execute it. Yeah. Overall, thoughts about, thoughts about just a coaching job. When you, when, you, when you take into account some of the decisions made offensively, defensively, special teams, we're not giving out grades, but – how do you feel about the, the job this coaching staff did in yesterday's game? 
Um, I mean, if we're evaluating defensive game plan and adjustments, I don't even know where to give the score on that one. Because, again, it's hard to evaluate whether the coach is hamstrung by talent or the talent is being hamstrung by coaching. I don't know the answer to that one. I don't like what we're doing philosophically in the kicking game. You know, we have an amazing punter, uh, but basically his whole job from now on is to just be kick it away from people because we can't cover the kicks. Same thing for the kickoff. Just kick it out of bounds because we can't cover the kick. So I can't give you a good grade on what we're doing philosophically from a, from a special teams point. So it comes down to evaluating what we're doing offensively. That's hard to evaluate in this game because, again, I don't know if this was a product of what I will say, and I said this earlier, there's two things that I'll say fundamentally were good coaching jobs. Good coaching jobs. Benching Robbie to get his head straight. That was clearly a coach's decision to get his mind right because he was right back in there the next drive. I don't know that TJ could have done enough in one drive to stay in the game. Right. I think they right. benched Robbie, Robbie specifically to say, hey, nine, you got to get right, bro. You're not, you're, your head is not in this game. I need to do something so that you can get right. I can't give you that message in words, but what I can do is maybe piss you off enough to get your mind right. So I'm going to sit you down for it. And you can watch him go out here and play. And if he does well, maybe that'll give you a little urgency about it. Mm. He does poorly. You're going to get back out there. Maybe that gives you whatever you got it. That was a, that was good coaching. Yeah, for sure. The other thing fundamentally, again, I said this earlier that I felt like was good coaching, not great is stubbornness with the run game in this game specifically. Because I remember South Carolina last year. I remember Penn State last year. I remember watching us get positive gains in the run and be hell-bent that we were going to be a passing team when we could have just kept running the ball. This game, they decided, you know what? We're, we're getting yards in the run game. Let's keep running it. Tank's tired. Throw Jarquez in there. Run it again. Jarquez tired. Cool. Tank, go in there, run it again. Both of them tired, speed sweep to Damari Austin, run it again. Yeah. He's going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball different ways, different backs. Robbie Ash, we're going to run it. I liked that. That's a, that's a decision that a coach makes. But again, it's, it's hard for me to evaluate, but I, I can just evaluate this game. So let me not try to extrapolate to, to the remainder of the season. It's average. I think what that equals out to is, C, C minus, right? Because you can't ignore what you saw defensively and in special teams. So yeah. when you put all of that together for the entire coaching staff, C minus, right? It was cool, but there are things that we could have done better. Right. Any any different thoughts, B? Um, I'm about the same. Plus on bench and Robbie to, to get them right. Plus on the overall game plan, stubbornness with the run. In In the same sense, you have to give him credit for benching Robbie uh, or changing up the offensive line, which maybe have been out of necessity. We, we're not exactly sure who was healthy enough to play. But any position where somebody is deficient, I have championed this from, from 2019 on forward. If there is a day where a guy's not getting it done, sit him down. I don't care if it's a quarterback. I don't. I, I guess people took offense to the fact that we said, hey, bench Bo Nix in games where he looked bad. I don't care how long he's been a fan of Auburn. If he is clearly what's hurting us, you sit him down. And I think that should be the case for every position all the time. Owen Papo is still playing. He's making tackles. He's getting there. He's getting there late. He's chasing people down because he didn't 
stop the run before it, it got five, six yards down the field. Players are playing poorly, but they're still playing. Puckett had some some iffy play yesterday, and bro, I, what was what was with the one tackle man where he's like running over there trying to man? Okay, anyway, I, man, continue, bro. He he did not grade out well at all. Pro Football Focus was not kind to him. Yeah, I in the same sense that I absolutely believe that people are making. <laughs> they're trying to make how a player plays almost entirely about coaching when honestly I think a great deal of it is is that guy that dude or not a coaching job would be year over year or from the beginning of the year to the end of the year how have you improved or have you improved what we are seeing is that we don't have those guys but we're still not seeing all our guys so if I've got a safety that's not playing well I heard a lot of talk about Kane Bridges Put him out there. Now he got on the field a little bit, but we got we have plenty of depth in the secondary. Don't keep a guy out here uh messing up like this, getting burned like this for the sake of what seniority? No. Swap him out. We got guys, especially in the sec- secondary and running back. We got dudes. I don't want to hear no complaints about those two position groups. If somebody messes up, get them out of here. We've got dudes. If it ain't tank getting the runs. Put Jarquez in, he'll get the runs. If it's not uh, Caden Bridges, uh, or who's, I'm sorry, if it's Puckett in doing it, Bridges is out there. Uh, put, who is it that came? Uh, Gilbert. Marquise Gilbert, yeah. Mm-hmm. We got bodies. You're going to get the number one Juco safety and not play him for a guy who's playing as poorly as, as Puckett played yesterday? This is where it's a negative to me on coaching. We saw them be really, really stubborn about who they played on the offensive line early and I don't know if they just decided something had to change or because guys got hurt. But either way, a change has seems to have altered our play. And the same thing with TJ Finley. Before the season even started, where we were iffy on, if TJ's a starter, okay, let's cross our fingers and hope the staff knows what they're doing. But listen, man, I, we were like, all right, but the ceiling is going to be with Robbie Ashford based on what we think the offensive line is going to be. The ceiling... For this offense, we know what TJ may be able to do if the offensive line is okay. The ceiling is with Robbie. Don't wait too late to make this change because you're wasting time in games, two whole cupcake games where Robbie could have gotten the start and started to take some of these lumps. And then we would have accelerated this process by two or three games. We don't have to waste games with what is evident to the naked eye. Some of that is, and I've talked about this before. Your coach wants to believe in you. Your coach is trying to instill this confidence that they think will cause you to play better along with consistent coaching and experience. But if he's not that guy, he's not that guy. And it's almost a concession to the players to say, listen, man, you ain't that guy. I get it. But now the season is is at stake. The games are at stake with you sticking with the guy who you've written with. Don't don't dance with the one who brought you. Dance with the one you want to go home with. (laughs) <laughs> these these people ain't you ain't you ain't gonna get it with these guys man so we we got to put the best talent on the field we didn't always think that was happening with the last staff and we were hoping that was something that changed like i said that's something about this staff that i don't think changed the only thing that has changed it is necessity due to injury and i would love if they could get out ahead of that and swap guys out because of their play on the field way before it starts hurting the team 